Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to the telecast again this week. I'm so excited that you have tuned in to be with us again. Praise God. Just knowing that you're out there just puts a thrill in my heart and soul, and it makes me want to get in here and dig into the Word of God once again with you, our, our precious friends and loved ones out there that watch us every single week, and we thank you so much for that. Praise God. I want to talk to you about a simple subject tonight. And I mean, I could spend literally uh, hours on this subject. I want to direct your attention to something. And uh, many of you uh, have heard me talk about this many times already. But as I direct your attention to this, perhaps uh, you can read and meditate these scriptures and do some research on your own and understand a very important truth from the book of Romans and the 6th chapter. Let's go to the 6th chapter of Romans, which is one of my favorite places to preach in the Word of God. I heard a preacher say the other morning on television, and he's absolutely right. He said, Romans saved my life. And I feel the same way about it. The book of Romans, the message of the cross that Paul, the great apostle, outlines for us so beautifully in Romans, has saved Levin Paxton's life. You see, as a believer, and, and a, a true believer, doesn't want to sin doesn't want to do wrong, doesn't want to fail God, doesn't want to make mistakes. But my problem, and, and many of your problem, because I talk to you and I get your letters and I know, I know the condition that the church is in because I listen to the message that the church is preaching. And the problem is sometimes we didn't know how to get victory. We wanted to get victory. We wanted to do right. We wanted to be right. We want to please God with everything that's in us. But we didn't know what to do to obtain that victory. And then one day, we heard the message of the cross as Paul gives it in many places in the New Testament, but Romans 6, 7, and 8 in particular is some, some good jumping off ground for us. I said all that to say this, the only way that the child of God can have victory over sin. You see, many, many ministers, many pastors, many evangelists, many preachers, they preach the cross as it regards salvation. But not many understand the cross as it applies to sanctification. You see, sanctification is for the believer. And, and we believe in progressive sanctification. We believe that we are in that process in our entire lives being conformed to the image of God, the Holy Spirit endeavoring to make us what we ought to be. And it's only one way that the Holy Spirit can function and operate in our lives. And that's if we are trusting what Jesus did at the cross totally and exclusively, putting our trust in nothing else, not adding anything to it. Amen. 
then the Holy Spirit is given latitude to work within our hearts and lives and to give us an uninterrupted flow of the grace of God that will bring us into the victory that the Holy Spirit has prepared for the child of God. Amen? I taught you some few programs ago how that the believer is predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that you cannot conform yourself to the image of Christ on your own? There's nothing you can do. You can't keep doing it. You might know the right, but you don't have the might. Oh, hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit, praise God, He knows the right, and brother, He's got the might. Uh, hallelujah. So as we put our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, oh, I'm preaching now. As, if, as we put our faith in what Jesus did, get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your failures. Get your eyes off your successes. Get your eyes off your troubles. Get your eyes off your circumstances. Put your focus on what Jesus did at Calvary. Put your faith there and leave it there, exclusively there. Then the Holy Spirit will lead you into absolute victory over every sin and every obstacle in your life. Praise God. I'm going to entitle this little talk tonight. And I, again, on any of these programs, really, I just scratch the surface of these messages. And if you want to dig real deep with us, then you need to get a hold of us and take advantage of the free offers that we have. And that goes into more detail about what we're talking about. But tonight I want to talk about know, reckon, and yield. The believer needs to know something. He needs to reckon, and he needs to yield. Now, what is it that the believer needs to know? Basically, and you can mark this down, write this down, so you know uh, you have a point of reference to go back to. We're, I'm going to read to you from the Expositor's New Testament. We're going to read starting in uh, Romans 6, verse 3. Paul says, know you not, or in other words, don't you know, that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Now I'm going to read you one of the notes here. It says, when Christ died on the cross, in the mind of God, we died with him. In other words, he became our substitute. And our identification with Him in His death gives us all the benefits for which He died. The idea is that He did it all for us. Praise God. Scripture. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Notes. Not only did we die with Him, but we were buried with Him as well. Praise the Lord. You see how beautiful this is? You see the potential and the power in what's being said here? This means that all the sin and the transgression of the past were buried when they put him in the tomb, they put our sin in that tomb as well. Glory be to God and the Lamb forever. When they put Jesus in the tomb, 
They put all your sin and all my sin in that tomb as well. In the mind of God. Now the believer needs to know that. The believer needs to know that in the mind of God, when Christ died on the cross, we died with Him upon our identification with Him, upon our receiving that. The believer also needs to know that our entire past has been buried with Christ in the tomb, and the sin nature now has no more power over us. You see, the sin nature doesn't cease to exist. God leaves it there because He wants us to ever look to Him, ever trusting Him. That's the desire of God. If, if He took the sin nature from us, most of us would probably become prideful. So the sin nature is still residing within the believer, but it's dormant. It's inoperative. Okay? Now, that's what we have to know. We have to know when He died, we died. When He was buried, we were buried. Scripture. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Notes. We died with Him, we were buried with Him, and His resurrection was our resurrection in Him to a newness of life. So that, that's what the believer must know. We were buried with, we died with Him, we were buried with Him, and we rose with Him in the mind of God. Positionally speaking, when we place our faith in what He did at the cross, you follow me? That's what the believer must know. Now, in verse 11 of Romans 6, it tells us this. Likewise reckon, and that word means to account. That's, that's an accounting term. Likewise reckon, you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. And there's a definite article there in the original language, which means the sin. The sin nature. Now listen, here's the notes. But this is what the believer must reckon. That this is true in your life. You must account and reckon that this is true for you. While the sin nature is not dead, we are dead unto the sin nature by virtue of the cross and our faith in that sacrifice. But only as long as our faith continues in the cross. Scripture. But alive unto God. Living the resurrection life. We, we can live the resurrection life if we understand how to live the cross life. You follow me? If we understand the one, then we can function in both. The cross and the understanding of it, the cross had to come before the resurrection. You follow me? You see what I'm talking about? Scripture, through Jesus Christ our Lord, this refers to what He did at the cross, which is the means of this resurrection life. So that's what the believer must reckon. Now we found out that we've got to know something. And basically that is Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 5. Uh, now, now listen, there's a whole lot more things that we need to know. Amen. I'm just giving you a little lesson to point you in this direction. But you need to know and understand the message of the cross, what Christ did at Calvary for you. When He died, you died. 
when he was buried, you were buried. When he rose, you rose. Provided you've placed your faith in the sacrifice that he gave on the cross. And your faith is in that exclusively, only, in what Jesus did at Calvary. If your faith is placed exclusively and only in what Jesus did at Calvary, then you can reckon that those things are true in your life. And as a result, the sin nature will, will stay inoperative in your life. And you can walk in victory in an uninterrupted flow of grace. Now the next one, which is yield, is where it comes a little problem. But before we get to that one, I want us to read the 14th verse. And it's very dry here. I'm going to grab a quick drink of water. I want us to read the 14th verse and understand the 14th verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Notes. Now listen carefully, please. The sin nature will not have dominion over us if we as believers continue to exercise faith in the cross of Christ. Otherwise, the sin nature most definitely will have dominion over the believer. Let me read that again because we need to get that. Scripture, verse 14, Romans 6. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Notes from the Expositor's New Testament. The sin nature will not have dominion over us if we as believers continue to exercise faith in the cross of Christ. Otherwise, the sin nature most definitely will have dominion over the believer. Now, so you understand where your faith needs to be, where your faith needs to stay. Otherwise, the sin nature will roar back to life. Why? Well, one of the reasons why, and there are many, and as I said, in the time allotted to us, we can basically merely scratch the surface of these things. But one of the reasons is that the next issue is called yield. See, just because you put your faith in the cross, and just because you've received Christ as your Savior, and just because you believe in the message of the cross, and you're on your way to becoming sanctified, and you're believing, and you're operating in an uninterrupted flow of grace, Satan is not going to stop attacking you. And so you're going to face a temptation. Ah, there's a word. You're going to face a temptation. A temptation to sin, to do something wrong. But the biggest temptation of all that you're going to face, child of God, is to move your faith from the cross to something else. Now, in that moment, in that moment when the temptation comes, whatever that temptation might be, whichever way you yield is whose servants you're going to become. And you can read about that in uh, Romans 6, 13. You can also read it in Romans 6, 16. Know you not 
Don't you know this? This goes back to that first point. That to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Notes. The believer is either a slave to Christ, for that's what the word servant means, or else a slave to sin, which he will be if he doesn't keep his faith in Christ and the cross. And if you're a servant of sin, it's unto death. Once again, allow me to state the fact that if the believer attempts to live for God by any other method than faith in the finished work of Christ, the believer will fail, no matter how hard he tries otherwise. But failure is inevitable because God's prescribed order for victory, God's prescribed order for an overcoming Christian life is the cross, the finished work. It is a finished work. Now, Satan is not going to give up easy. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your soul. He wants, you to, he wants to cause you to lose your soul. But in that moment of temptation, in that moment of trial, if you yield your members as servants, and there's another scripture that talks about it too. Uh, it is Romans 6, 18, 19, uh, Romans 20, 21, 22, all the way through the chapter. Basically, just read that whole chapter and you'll see what we're saying. If, if you're faced with the temptation, the test, the trial, and one of the biggest ones is Satan tempting believers to put their faith in some foolishness that's coming over Christian television purporting to be the gospel, when in reality it is no gospel. If, you, if Satan can get you to move your faith to something other than the cross, if you yield to that temptation to do that, the sin nature will roar back to life in your in you, in your life. However, if when that temptation comes, or any other temptation, the temptation to get angry, the temptation to fly into a rage, the temptation, whatever, to the temptation to view pornography, the temptation to drink alcohol, whatever the problem is that the believer is having. Somebody said, I don't think believers have those kind of problems. Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, they do too. Because we're not immune to the attacks of the enemy. But God has given us a way where we can have total, perfect, and complete victory every time if we'll obey this form of doctrine. This is the doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. This is the doctrine of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is the message of the church. Hallelujah. And the church needs to get back to this message in this hour. Glory be to God. If you will yield... When the temptation comes to do wrong in any way, if you will yield to simply putting your faith in what Jesus did for you at Calvary, what was that? He paid your sin debt, and He broke the power of sin over your life. And when He died, you died with Him. And when He was buried, you were buried. And when He rose, you rose. If you'll put your faith in what He did and made possible for you at Calvary, then you're yielding to that and you will be a servant unto righteousness. We yield our members too. Sometimes I have to talk to my members and say, no, 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 mouth. I'm not going to let you say that. 
I place my faith in what Jesus did for me. I'm a new man. Hallelujah. I'm a new creature with a new feature. Glory to God. I'm born again by His mighty power. And I don't have to yield to the sin nature. Now, the sin nature can have no power over you unless you yield to that temptation. So to make a long story short, to make a tremendously long message, something that we should really do about 17, 50, you know, 20, 50 programs on, and we will in one form or another. But to make it brief for this Bible study tonight, the believer has to know, he has to reckon, and he has to yield. He or she. You know what I'm saying. And when we do, the benefits are tremendous. Let's read one more. Let's read one more. Let's read Romans 6.19. And then we're going to close our, our Bible study tonight. The scripture says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Notes. The manner of men pertains to the fall, which has made the flesh weak. This speaks of our own personal strength and ability. For as, in our scripture, for as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, notes, which the believer will do, if the object of his faith is anything but the cross. That's what I just got from telling you. Scripture. And to iniquity unto iniquity. Notes. Without constant faith in the cross, the believer's situation regarding sin will get worse and worse. Sin is never satisfied. Evil is never satisfied. Scripture. Even so, now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Praise God. Notes. Which, as repeatedly stated, can only be done through constant faith in the cross, understanding that it is by and through the cross that we receive all things. And let me take the time to tell you again tonight, because this it, we need to have it repeated often, because we forget things so easily don't we? I know I do. Every blessing of God comes through the cross. I mean, salvation comes through the cross. Victory comes through the cross. Healing comes through the cross. The baptism in the Holy Ghost comes through the cross. Hallelujah. Healing comes through the, uh, through the cross. Prosperity comes through the cross. Praise God. Amen. Anointing comes through the cross. Hallelujah. Uh, the renewing of the mind comes to the cross. Every spiritual blessing that the believer will ever need is found in Calvary. Keep your faith there. Praise God. Keep your faith there. It is through the cross that we receive all things and that the Holy Spirit, who alone can develop righteousness and holiness in our lives, See, we can't do it on our own. We can't be righteous and we can't be holy on our own. Because we are no match for the sin nature in our own strength. It takes the Holy Spirit to develop righteousness and holiness in our lives. And the Holy Spirit will defeat the sin nature every time. And the Holy Spirit works exclusively through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why our message here at Acts 26, 18 Ministries is Christ 
and him crucified. And that's the only message we have. Oh, we may, we may give a message about predestination. We may give a message about Bible prophecy. A, a lot of things, you know. And we believe in the gifts of the Spirit and all that. We preach and teach on all of that in this ministry. But the foundation for everything we believe is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen? And we want that to be your foundation too. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So believer, you can have victory if you'll reach out and claim it tonight. Know, reckon, and yield. And God Almighty will show up. I guarantee it. Hallelujah. As long as your faith is exclusively placed in the cross of Jesus Christ and the work that He there finished and did on your behalf and my behalf and on behalf of every believer the world over. Amen? Amen. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank You for this Bible lesson. Bless the people now is my prayer. Lord God, heal their bodies and touch their hearts and minds tonight, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father, drive the word to their hearts. Lord, let it be a source of growth for them tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Why don't you write to us this week?